0: If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Rayal Salt Lake.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by Alex Maurer and Cody Kershaw to bring you all things Real Salt Lake for the last week or two. Last week, obviously, we did not have an episode. We are excited to be back with you all, bringing you some awesome, fun RSL content. And let's start it off with asking Cody on this episode. Cody, how are you doing this evening? I am
2: doing great. It was a solid weekend. Uh, Got to spend some time out in the sun. Not too much, though, because it's been like 180 degrees in Utah. Uh, So if you stay out there too long, you'll probably die. Uh, And so it's a good weekend. Uh, Spent some time with some friends and, yeah, just kind of hung out and chilled and got a solid day of work in
1: today. And I don't have anything to complain about, especially given RSL's form. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Excited to uh, talk to RSL with you today and also
0: excited to talk some RSL with Alex. Alex, how are you doing, man? Thank you so much, Ethan. You make me feel so welcome and at home on this podcast. I'm doing terrific. I just got back from a camping trip to McCall, Idaho. Just an absolutely lovely little lake town. One of the my favorite places out here in the Intermountain West. Eh, Intermountain. Yeah, is that right? I don't sure. know. Sure hit my go ears fan. wrong, but it sounds correct. Or is that just the healthcare and hospital? I, I don't know. But uh, that was a terrific time, seeing family. Then drove all the way back in time to record this podcast with you both. Sorry it's coming to you a little bit late. As I mentioned on Twitter, the ticker should really read new episodes every Monday, parentheses, and Tuesdays when we're really busy in the summer because that seems to be the way that it's going. Uh, but it's because we have such full weekends, and I went to go see Barbie yesterday as part of my full weekend and that movie was just delightful it was a really fun time so I was glad to go see it and now I have my sights set on a matinee for Oppenheimer tomorrow afternoon so I will update you all next week on my thoughts and feelings about that movie Ethan what have you done for the last week week and a half since I haven't seen you in so long
1: yeah it's been a while um well I've been great I have had war on bugs week two this week so trying Electric to keep. Boogaloo. Yes, uh, we, we actually figured out they're not box elder bugs; they're elm bugs. So, still a pest. Uh, really difficult to get out of your house, especially when your house is warm. So, we turned our AC all the way up, and we're at like sixty-seven degrees every single Ooh. day now. So, it's really chilly in this household, but uh, it's okay because RSL's keeping it hot and toasty, and uh, <laughs> we've got some fire, some fire stuff to talk about. That was really bad. I'm sorry, but no, uh, I love that <laughs> You went for it, and you stuck the oh, landing, buddy. Boy. As Alex mentioned, um, we're, we're doing the best we can with the episodes, but summer is quite busy for all of us, especially on the weekends, so we're going to do our best as we possibly can to get all the RSL content that we possibly can out to you, and, uh, and get these episodes out, because for some reason you guys like to listen to us, and I don't like to listen to myself, so I don't understand it, but I'm happy to talk RSL <laughs> and uh, get burned for some of my opinions every now and then, so fun stuff. Um, before we get into the episode today, uh, go ahead and follow us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter. is where you can find our page, and then uh, you can find all of our episodes. Alex's favorite part at www.rslseasonpass.com. Part. Also, be sure to leave a question in the Pod Trivia database while you're over there to help us have more Pod Trivia questions. Also, thank you very much for everybody that has left a rating and or review on the platform where you listen or get your podcasts. We very much appreciate that. It really, really helps the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, On the episode today, we're excited to bring to you, obviously, a pod trivia question, as I mentioned. We've got one heck of a Monarchs Minute. It is jam-packed with some information about the team. We've got a Royal Roundup segment today, as well with some big news for the Royals. No club news on this episode. And then we will talk about the Seattle game. From the League's Cup, brand new tournament happening this year. We weren't able to preview that game, but we will review what happened in the madness of that game and then look ahead and preview the Monterey game this Wednesday, second League's Cup game, and we are excited to do so. So let's go ahead and dive right on into the episode today and start off with our pod trivia segment. Alex, what is the question that you have cooked up for us today?
0: Man, this one... This one's pod trivia gold, and it comes to us courtesy of Spiff Coog on Twitter. Scotty, thank you. Scotton, Scotton. My my apologies. Thank you for sending this in. This one is very my speed. So if you're thinking about writing a pod trivia question, you want it read on the on the show, <laughs> just channel channel your inner this question. Here we go, boys. Nine players for RS uh, for RSL have scored that have nine letters in their last name. Pretty cool. Who oh, has scored the most goals across all competitions with a last name that has exactly nine letters in it? I will give you the list. Here we go, boys. Let's know. Okay. Mehdi Belucci, Kyle Beckerman, Dema Kovalenko, Fabian Espindola, Jose Hernandez, Johan Kappelhoff, Urimov Sissian, Jean Alexandre, Sebastian Velasquez.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Had to save him for last. Had to um, save the best for last. Who I've has got, the I've most I've got a short goals. list here, and I know roughly maybe potentially where I'm going. There's two guys that I'm I'm between. And uh it's either Kappelhoff, no, I'm just messing with you. There's <laughs> absolutely no way it's Johan Kappelhoff. That was a mess. Um Cody, do you, do you know where you're going on this one? Well, I'm Mirror not
2: going to follow my previous strategy of guessing the one that you ruled out because I know it's not <laughs> Johan Koppelov. Um I'm going to just guess. I, I, my guess is between two people as well. I, I would say it's I between know. Yura and Kyle Beckerman. Oh. And I'm going to go with Kyle Beckerman.
1: Ooh, dang it. I was hoping you were going to go with Jura because then that would make my decision easier because I just want to be opposite of you for fun. This is really tough. Um, I know Yura had a great career, and uh, my other guy I'm in between is Fabian Espindola. He scored a good amount of goals back in the day, too. Played up top for RSL, so
0: I'll take Espindola. There are nine, nine nine-lettered players who have scored goals for RSL, but only one of them has scored a chart-topping 38 goals, and that would be... Fabian Espindola. Ethan, congratulations on this episode of Pod Trivia. Well done. Does anybody know who has the fewest goals? Kappelhoff. It was Johan off with one. (laughs) He's tied with Jose Hernandez. That is great work from you both. Cody, you were close. Uh, Your mom's 16 had 32. Kyle Beckerman had 33. Wow. So your your, uh, tenure was uh, uh, looking now in the right direction. So good so, ideas there. But Ethan, you were the only one that comes out of here victorious. Well done.
1: How are you? Thank you. How are you going to post that poll on Twitter? You got I think
0: options. I'll just narrow it down to just four of my favorites. Narrow down
1: to Kyle Beckerman, Fabian Espindola, yeah. Yurimov
0: Sissian. And then and the others back. only have one or two. You either have 30 goals with nine letters in your last name or one or two. That's just fourth, how it just just For how it the works.
1: fourth option. Oh, just, just say uh, take the field. The field. The, the field option. combined yeah because then people lose. are gonna be like "Ooh, the field yeah so interesting inviting but incredible yes regardless scott uh, wow. thank
0: you for that question
1: yeah thank you that was awesome i loved love Fabi- fabulous back in the day
0: spindle was really fun to watch so uh and yeah, thank you for right. everyone that sent in pod trivia questions there are a whole bunch Ooh, of them in yes. there but who's notably missing pod trivia president brian gibson we miss you oh. we just we just miss you not saying you need to come back anytime soon take your time off that you need recharge in the off season but we miss you
1: there's me. some people that have submitted questions that are good that we'll have to get to in the future, and we definitely will. But for now it's time to move on to our monarchs minute, where we've got a tournament on our hands for the monarchs, uh, playing in the MLS next invitational hosted by the monarchs. Alice. Alex ugh, Alice wow. in Wonderland.
0: Alex in Wonderland. Uh, tell us all about <laughs> this tournament and how the monarchs are doing. You got it, Eason. (laughs) Former Real Monarchs legend and Kenyan international Joseph Stanley Okumu has reportedly completed a $12 million transfer to Ligue 1 in France, Okumu is well-known throughout RSL lore as famously being a fantastic Monarchs defender, never getting a single shot with the first team, and then being sold for a then-USL record-breaking $100,000, and then voicing his frustrations in an athletic interview that the club wasn't actually interested in development, but rather solely wanted to break the transfer record and nothing else. Good for him. He's probably my favorite ex rsler because he so perfectly embodies the missteps of the previous ownership's vision for the Monarchs. They were starting a 32-year-old... Luke Mulholland over Richie Ledesma. Monarchs are hosting another MLS next invitational. In their initial game of the tournament, they came from behind to beat fellow Blitzer-owned club Crystal Palace 2-1 with goals from Berton Jacqueson and certified child 16-year-old Owen Anderson, who has come out of seemingly nowhere to become one of the most dangerous monarchs attackers it's off true. the match. First teamers, Gavin, the greatest goalie of all time. Beavers, Nelson Palacio, and Anderson Julio started this game for the Monarchs which, you know, helps when you're playing against a bunch of British teens. Moses Nyman has become and continues to be one of the steadiest Monarchs of the year, but with a stacked center mid-depth chart for the first team, don't expect to see him for RSL anytime soon. Hashtag AxelKaiWatch2023 continues on, as he is still yet to make so much as a bench appearance for the Monarchs this year. Keep your fingers crossed on that one that we see him soon, because he was so darn exciting for the Monarchs last year. The Monarchs will continue the tournament against the German team TSG Hoffenheim, on Monday, which is right now while we're recording this. So you can check your ESPN app and see how they did. But that is all yep. I have for the monarchs minute this week, Ethan. Thank you awesome. very much, Alex. Yeah. I noticed the monarchs are playing right
1: now. However, there is a weather delay. So not currently playing, even though they should be, um, but they're fielding. What looks like a strong lineup guys, including guys, as you mentioned, Moses, Nyman, Bertan, Jakerson, and Elijah Paul getting starts in this game. So should be exciting to, uh, to watch, go ahead and tune in. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying that because the game will be over as this it's too late. Probably,
0: <laughs> Go ahead and watch sure the recap or maybe the weather delay goes really, really long and they can tune in yeah. tomorrow when they're listening. Ah.
1: Yeah. It gets postponed till tomorrow. That's very possible. Regardless, Monarchs are getting to be a little more fun to watch this year. So they lost four one maybe... to Colorado before this. I wasn't going to include that, but fun is relative. Yeah. Either. Maybe give it a consideration. These these invitationals are fun. Last year, remember, they played That's Chelsea true. and they went to a shootout against Chelsea and Gavin Beavers took the first Gavin penalty.
0: who?
1: Gavin the Goat Beavers? I don't the know, greatest well goalie of all
0: time, Beavers. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. there you go. Sorry, you missed Here. his moniker. <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, he, he stepped up and took the first penalty of the shootout, scored it, and then he saved the first penalty of the shootout. The Monarchs are going to win that game
0: against the Chelsea Academy team. So Again, this is my soccer hot take. The hill that I'll die on is that every goalkeeper should be the best penalty taker on your team. Not that they need to take everyone, but they should be unsavable penalties coming from your keepers. But that's a discussion for another day. That is. That I actually like that. Is... And, I, and I, I think I agree with that.
1: Speaking of Thank penalties, you. I'm not a, an advocate of watching games from other teams, but if you haven't already, and you oh really goodness. love PK shootouts, go and watch the highlights from that Leon-Vancouver game from the Leagues Cup. My goodness. Went to the 20, 20th round of penalties. One one penalty away made me... Ugh, one penalty made away from going to the goalkeepers for the second time. That's so so wild. it was a marathon of pens. I watched the entire shootout and it was incredible. I loved it. It was art. It was amazing. That's um, so wild. No, as I, as I mentioned, there is no club news, but we do have finally for the first time in quite some time, our Royal roundup segment, Cody, let us know what has happened with the Royals.
2: I will Indeed. We have signed a sporting director. Her name is Kelly Cousins. And in the past, she has previously worked with Reading FC's women's team. Uh, That is her most... Is it Reading? It's Reading, yeah. Well, I need to work on my Reading. We're real solving, so it's okay. (laughs) Working with Reading FC uh, as a manager, she has been doing that for, I believe, the last eight years. And prior to that, uh, she was playing um or sorry she she was coaching uh prior to that so okay cool she ended up leaving as far as i know to manage the wales national team however looking at the wales national team they don't have any appearances for her so i don't know if that actually happened either way she's got a little bit of history but nothing that's been super solid and proven so i kind of look at this as her first real opportunity to to make something and Really make a big impact, especially with how big uh, women's soccer is within the U.S. compared to a lot of other uh, countries. So it, uh, it'll be exciting to see what she can do. Uh, she did sit down and do a QA and uh, a And one of the things that she brought up uh, when being asked now that she has the job was her biggest priority. Obviously the first thing she stated was that her biggest priority is to build a roster to compete in 2024. She said the biggest struggle with that is that she does not have a lot of time. They have to build a team of 24 players um, in a, in a short time with different transfer windows uh, which obviously any new team that's a big challenge that they have to face. But also she mentioned the philosophy and uh, really fitting the club as some other challenges that you face with, you know, pulling a group of 24 random people together to, to play together. So it'll be exciting to see how this plays out. I would imagine we start seeing player signings soon and uh, rumors of signings. And hopefully we can go out and get at least some somewhat big names to yeah. play for us. So that'll be
1: exciting to see. And we will keep track of it as it progresses a huge help that's not super common that I think the Royals will have an advantage with is the fact that the women's world cup is ongoing right now. And so I think it's a great opportunity for them to be able to observe talent within a large group of countries and, and players for those countries to be able to potentially bring over to the Royals. So, yeah, that's a great point. There's been some, some standout performances
2: already. Don't matter what her name is. She plays for Brazil, but this was her first world cup appearance. She got a hat trick in her first game. So go, there's a, uh, feel free to check that out as well. The women's world cup. There's a lot of, uh, uh, awesome games happening there and the U S obviously looking to, to win that.
0: So it it does seem reasonably concerning to me that they hired a coach with zero experience and now a sporting director who you mentioned is kind of getting her first crack at this. I don't know. I think it might turn out okay because we hired very experienced people in the past for the Royals and they were very poor on the field for almost the entirety of their tenure in Utah. So, I don't know. Maybe a fresh look is a good idea, but it is something to keep an eye on. I think I'll pull. I'll pull a piece of pod trivia for you guys right now. I'll give you guys a, a question
2: it. based Love off of this. A uh, brand new sporting director that goes by the name of Kelly Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins previously has worked sister. with with Reading. Uh, What's that? I was going to
1: say it's Kirk Cousins' sister, right? That's the answer to the question. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, has previously worked with Redding. What is her win percentage as their manager?
1: Good, I would assume. I would hope it's I will give
2: you guesses: is it 66%? No, 33%, hopefully not 44%. Yes, or 20%?
1: No,
0: 44%. I'm going
1: to be optimistic and say they got her for a reason. It's a 66%. I wish you guys were right. It's 33%. (laughs)
2: Tough,
0: (laughs) tough, 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 tough. Well, luckily, we didn't hire as a coach. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so who knows?
2: That's the upside. So anyway, sporting director, that's what we have to look forward to. We'll start getting some signings soon and it'll all play out. It'll be wonderful. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And that's the Let's royal see. roundup.
1: The, uh, hear it. Um that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean and the commissioner for the league is well mentioned, you know, you can't get experience unless you start getting the experience in the first place. So newcomers will get this experience and it'll be interesting to see.
0: Again, that's what I put on my resume when I applied for RSL's U seventeen head coaching vacancy, <laughs> but they didn't seem to be interested in that uh, line of reasoning. So I don't know. Maybe Should look in applied. the mirror. Should RSL have applied for to the Royals head coach. Now you yeah, I mean, apparently, I would have had just as much coaching experience. Well, <laughs> if not more, I don't know. My U thirteen yeah, coaching experience. True. No, I'm just kidding. I don't need
1: <laughs> RSL. Well, thirteen year olds are very different than grown yeah. women. So let's go ahead and move on to our game review. We've just got one game to review, but as I mentioned, we did miss last week, unfortunately. So I'll just go ahead and quickly catch you up on the RSL results that happened, even though you are all probably quite aware of it. But RSL drew with Sporting Kansas City back like two Wednesdays ago. Um, They played uh, to a draw on this one. Uh, Sporting Kansas City had two goals in the first half from Daniel Shalloway and Johnny Russell, up 2-0 at halftime. And then Danny Masovsky gets a goal just out of halftime, and Anderson Julio pulls us back level goal in the 72nd minute he also had an a wide open opportunity where he easily could have beat the goalkeeper unfortunately kicked it straight at him and the game ends in a draw happy to take the the one point home on the road after giving the result at halftime but uh really thought we could have beat sporting kansas city, kansas city on the road in this game so a little bit unfortunate but we'll take the point do you guys have anything from this game for me Anderson Julio has been on fire after I called him out for not having scored in over 400 MLS minutes because after this game, he had, I think, two goals in the
0: span of, like, a few games, so doing great. I think rotation is a fickle beast. I think if you start the lineup in the first half that you started in the second half, you probably win this one, and I don't know that you have to run less, but I think you're certainly doing less intense, catch-up running that you were in the second half Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that gets you more or less prepared for saturday it probably makes you more tired but i don't know i don't think you need to send uh chicho out there for the second 45 when you could have just started him for the first 45 and then hopefully gotten a lead and protected it but i'm not mad about it a road draw against a western conference team fine with it we'll take it yeah i i I would agree with that i think well for a good part of this game. I thought we were
2: going to lose. Yeah, uh, and as we probably like, should have, it was great. Yeah. Comeback. Yeah, it was. I, I think that the biggest thing that stands out to me from this game is just the grit that this team has and the fight, the fact that we didn't just turn over and, and give up. I mean, and probably should have won Anderson. on yeah, One at the very death of the game, like yep, probably should have yep. won. We definitely had the opportunity to, um, but again, it's, it's, you don't, you don't complain about the draw, but it sucks that, that we almost won. Um, but again, it's it's this unbeaten run that, that continues. I think that plays a little bit into it as well. I'm sure that's at the forefront of the players' minds as it's you know getting down to crunch time in certain games where it's like we we've got to pull this out. We've got to do something, and so far they have um, mm-hmm. as far as results go. So yeah, I'm I'm
1: not mad about it. Um, yeah, I this this game was was interesting and wild, and there were plenty of opportunities for RSL. One thing that was kind of notable was that Chicho Aranga did not start in this game, came on at halftime, I think gave the team a huge boost. He and guys like Jefferson Sabarino, I believe Paulo Ruiz even came on at halftime. It was a huge boost to the team, and it got him over the line. I think that was the biggest difference in this game, Is you see, yes, we have depth, but how good our starters are at doing their jobs. And I want to go back to Anderson Hui, because I botched it the first time around. In the last... Up up until this point of this Kansas City game, in the last 43 minutes played, he had three goals. After going over 400 MLS minutes without scoring, like Anderson Julio's looked really good up until that point, and he's looked good lately too. And so I'm just I'm thrilled and excited about the state of the forward, or the, the dressing room of the forwards, I guess I should say, for this team. Um, really exciting
0: things ahead. Agree. Um, quick definitely. production note. You said Saverino, He did not check into this game. This is another oh, away game in which true. he was, was not on the roster. Was it Luna? It
1: was Luna. It was Luna. It was Diego Luna. Yes. I knew someone good came in. Diego Luna <laughs> came in. And uh, yeah, all three of them, Chicho, Luna, and Ruiz, changed the tide and helped RSL get the draw. Almost kind of felt like a win at the end of the game. Um, and then moving on, just a few days later, RSL played New York Red Bulls at home. This game saw guys like Diego Luna get the start and uh, Chicho was back as well alongside Danny Masovsky and Jefferson Saverino back into the lineup as well. It looked like a very good, healthy squad with most of the starters playing. Notably, Bodhi Hidalgo started this game at right back as uh, Mecca and Nelly was, uh, was on the bench for this game. Did not get subbed in either. So Bodhi Hidalgo with an opportunity to get some playing time. he took advantage. The team played pretty well, allowing a goal in the 80th minute from Frankie Amaya. However. In the second minute of the game, real fast, Diego Luna gets a nice goal, gets another one in the 53rd minute, and Jefferson Saverino takes us home in the 81st, getting the third goal of the game for RSL. RSL wins this game, gets three points at home. Huge win, looking fantastic as always. For me, the biggest takeaway is there's so many guys that can get goals on this team and have production, and Diego Luna just kills it. When, when he needs to step up and when he he doesn't even necessarily need to step up. He just wanted to step up in this game. And he did it. He got two goals and looked really,
0: really good. Very impressive. It's just frustrating that he hasn't been playing all season. Right. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I mean, we're extremely. We're unbeaten in 20 of our last 23. Now 24, I believe, is what the broadcast put it at. Yep. So I'm not complaining, but just feels good when you're right, <laughs> you know, when, when all the fans are clamoring for one thing and then they get that thing and it turns out to be an excellent idea. Just feels good every once in a while. So glad to see him succeeding. I agree hundred percent. I, I, it is frustrating to not
2: see it sooner. I have to think the world cup played a part in his own confidence. Uh, I mean, even Pablo uh, said that himself that uh, he thinks coming back from the world cup helped with, with Diego's confidence a little bit and working through some stuff, but clearly he's, I mean, he's off and away flying now um the i think the thing that sticks out to me from this game is the dynamic dynamicness is that a word we'll make it a word sure. the dynamicness of our <laughs> wingers uh oh, i think each one provides the something that's a little, the each each one provides something that's a little bit different from the others but it's all good it's all it's all things that when it combines with the other pieces on the team it, it works really well um whether that's from from savo or from diego luna i mean both getting involved in in different ways in this game. Uh, and it's it's so much fun to watch. It's different than what we've seen from the last few
1: years. And I love it. I want to add as well, um, getting only four minutes plus stoppage time of playing time in this game was Andres Gomez. But he's on a milk carton right now. Uh, he is missing in action and uh, I mean, hasn't been effective in the time that he's had. Really, look he's, he's who he's competing bad. with.
2: That's some tough competition right now. I mean, you take it the is, form of Diego but, Luna and you take the form. I mean, Saverino's not getting pushed out of this lineup anytime soon. So
0: unless we're on the road,
2: unless we're on the road, <laughs> uh, it's tough. I mean, that's those are two yeah. tough players to compete against for minutes.
0: And I mean, lest we forget, he's good. Like, he is. Andres but he Gomez is, is the reason is we good. are in a U.S. Open Cup final. Or he's nah, older. got ahead of myself. Semi-final. <laughs> yeah, he, he's older he, than Luna. Oh, that's at, weird. So he, yeah, that I haven't really considered that.
1: He was one of the guys who started the Sporting Kansas City game, too, which I failed to mention. And he didn't look good. He was subbed off at halftime. Like, it's a little concerning for me. I mean, I I hope he's okay, but, like, he hasn't looked good in the last little bit he's played.
0: I totally agree with you, but for me, it's not concerning. I think he's a young player that has actually got room to grow and a little bit of room to breathe, which is something we haven't seen at RSL since, you know the era of he who shall not be named. You look at a guy like Jaison Ramirez. He comes in and he has to be the star. Dunny's calling him a Sava replacement. Dunny's calling him further progressed than Sava is at the same age when he got here. And he just totally falls flat on his face and the offense has nobody to lean on. This is a guy who can come in, be a U22 player who's supposed to be by, you know, just the the laws of the rule of U-22. He's supposed to be a dart throw to an extent. And so he's allowed to have lapses. He's allowed to be a little bit streakier. That's and fine. now because the roster around him is so deep and so strong, the whole picture doesn't fall apart when one piece is missing. And so I think it's really, it's honestly, I think, growth for our roster to show that we can bring in a big money guy. He cannot succeed. And then we can still, despite that, Maintain a form that is competitive uh, across all fronts, be it Open Cup, MLS, or Leagues Cup. Now, so I that actually is, think it's a really good thing for the roster that he can be bad, and we can still be good. That is pretty true.
1: However, I will say, team did not look good in the first half at Sporting Kansas City. They didn't, and they got scored
0: on twice. And but again, Golden I don't know that, that that's that just on him. It's it's probably not. But it's the, very reminiscent to me of Luna's uh, first start against. Uh, Atlanta United last year, where we go on the road, have a heavily rotated squad and he doesn't really have a lot of opportunities to succeed. He also got subbed at halftime and then they try to convince us that he's not ready or he's not a great player. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you got to look at the pieces around him and when everything else is so heavily rotated, how much can he reasonably be expected to contribute? That's fine. But with the depth we have, I
1: think that he's losing, he's losing game playing time. And I really, I really wanted to see him play well in that game because I thought it was an opportunity with no Chicho out on the field, with no Pablo Ruiz, no Diego Luna, no Sabarino. He was, I mean, maybe he was expected to be the guy a little too much, but I wanted to see something more out of him. It's just me. I don't know. certainly I, fair. I, I certainly think you can still have it. But let's go ahead and move on to the game review that I'm sure everybody came here for and wants to hear because it's uh, it's fresh out of the kitchen. And uh, boy, oh boy, did RS have fun at the uh, the barbecue cookout, cook off, uh, cooked. Seattle, quite thoroughly (laughs) um, in this game. (laughs) Um, Boy, oh boy, did they. So this is the first game ever for RSL in a Leagues Cup game, inaugural tournament, inaugural game. This game was at home
0: for RSL. and uh, Well, the first like real Leagues Cup game, right? Yes. We called it the Leagues Cup before, but this is the real Leagues Cup, all caps. Albert
1: Rusnak coming back once again to Utah to play against RSL. Um, and getting boos once again. Um, however, not too much happened in the first half. There were plenty of opportunities for RSL. Nothing finished, and it was a 0-0 halftime score. Second half got a lot more interesting and a lot more fun because just three minutes into the second half, Jefferson Saverino gets a goal. It is a wonderful run from Chicho Arango, who just changes absolutely everything about this offense. He gets the ball to Danny Masovsky, and Masovsky plays, was it Masovsky? I think it was Masovsky, who plays just a, a perfect ball to Chicho Arango yeah. on the other side of the, uh, the box. And Arongo makes one of, he makes an incredible run through two defenders. It's a weird touch. I feel like the pass wasn't actually for
0: him. I think it was for the far yeah. side winger. It's possible, yeah. Because it, it's coming in really hot, and he takes a heavy is, touch, it, in all
2: honesty. He digs the a heavy touch, touch. The touch bounces immaculately, though. <laughs> yeah,
1: it really <laughs> does. I don't know how it does what it does. It really does. I'm, I'm quite but surprised that none of the defenders were able to get there, but the ball goes right between both defenders, who do make contact with Chicho Orango. Chicho is falling down. It's likely going to be a penalty given to RSL. However, Chicho isn't finished with the job. He gets a toe on the ball, and it bounces off a defender from Seattle and falls in straight to the loving arms, the good graces of Jefferson Sabarino, who is right there on what I like to call grandma's doorstep and puts the ball away for a 1-0 lead for RSL quite early in this game. And just three minutes later, don't worry, Chicho gets his. Paolo Ruiz sends an absolute banger beauty of a ball down the field for a majority of the field to Chicho Ranga, who is one-on-one with defender for Seattle Jackson Reagan, who absolutely gets cooked with the shaken bacon. Boy, did he get baked By Chicho Arango with a lovely fake move. Inside, outside, inside, outside, inside. And then he just fires the ball home past Stefan Fry. It's 2-0 for RSL. Chicho Arango getting a fantastic goal there and doing what you'd love to see from an RSL striker, which we haven't had in quite some time. So hats off to Chicho Arango for that one. Uh, And then in the 60th minute, nine minutes later, we have a little bit of an issue where Marcelo Silva slides in on Raul Ruiz Diaz. Uh, studs up, gets a red card. We'll talk about maybe that in a second on whether or not you guys think it's a red card. is a little controversial, um, but some people have their opinions. Like I said, we'll talk about that. Marcelo Silva is sent off with a red card. RSL are down to 10 men, but that did not matter. It did not deter RSL. They continued to play well. And for me, one of the most impressive things in this game was a substitution in the midst of having 10 players in this game. Pablo Mastroeni, Brings on Anderson Julio and Rubio Rubin. Even though they're down to 10 guys, does not bring on defensive guys like he used to in the past completely and totally. And boy, oh boy, did it pay dividends with a ball over the top to Anderson Julio, who runs down the field one-on-one with the defender and takes his time, pulls it back. The ball is deflected a titch, but it falls to Rubio Rubin who has an excellent touch. Uh, I believe it was like a like a between the legs touch and a turn. And just shot and fired the ball into the net. And gets RSL up 3-0 to against Seattle. And RSL would go on to win this game 3-0 with that scoreline. This was, for me, and Pablo said it in post-game presser, the most complete and impressive performance by the team all year. They absolutely dominated. Seattle was nowhere to be found. And they look like a lost team, and that's not Seattle. Seattle's got a team that have quality players that can play well. I don't know if it was the Heat. Or if it was just RSL taking them to the barn
0: burner in this one. But RSL completely took it to Seattle. What do you guys think? We thrashed them. And this is a full-strength Seattle starting 11. This is Rui Diaz, mm-hmm. Snack, Leo Chu, Christian Roldan, Joao Paulo. This is everybody. So Ever this is came not in Albert. as a substitute? Yeah, this is yeah. not a rotational thing. This is not we caught them on a good day. Like, this is them. This is Seattle. And we absolutely destroyed them with... A rotated back line. I mean, no Justin Glad to start this game. No Andrew Brody, no Gavin, the best goalie of all time, Beavers. So, like, clearly we're playing the backups. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But sincerely, I think this is the most rotational and plug and play back line we've had since Borchers, Olave, Salcedo, Russell, Beltran, Winger. Like, that's the kind of flexibility we had back in the day. And that's the flexibility we have now where a guy like Oviedo can come in. And have a stellar game, and then he could go back to the bench, and I wouldn't even bat an eye at that lineup. You know what I mean? So, Nelly yeah. is coming, and he's been fantastic. There you, is a moment the you clock reads. Convince me. I love Nelly. I know, and you called yes. your shot. In he was everything. And it makes me so game, happy. Uh, go watch it. I can't clip videos anymore as a screen recording on Apple TV. They don't <laughs> shut me down. But you go to minute forty with forty seconds on the clock. Nelly makes this beautiful overlapping run uh Ojeda checks to the ball. Sabarino passes. Ojeda leaves the dummy. Anelli's in yeah. on goal. Cuts it back. Strikes as hard as he can. And Stefan Fry's lucky to get a hand to it. Anelli could have put it a little bit further wide, but that's okay. Like that sort of run, that sort of aggression from a ride back, just to immediately get forward to pounce on those sorts of opportunities, and then to have the positional wherewithal to be a steady Eddie the whole game against Leo Chu, who's like one of the better wingers strikers in MLS. Like, yeah, he had an. Excellent game, and just like Oviedo beside him, if he were to go out and get subbed in for Andrew Brody next game, I wouldn't even notice, I wouldn't even care. It's just guess, that guess, deep. Guess, guess who else line. he shut down? Jordan Morris came on as a substitute. Well, Jordan um, like, Morris is cooked, at halftime.
1: I see what you're saying. <laughs> Jordan Morris has got some pace, man, and it doesn't How? matter. I- and uh, sure had sure. some pace so whatever Mecca
0: stole the rest of it this game. Yeah, he did um, his and, knee in and he's no longer the same.
1: But I see okay. where you're going with this. Ever Raoul Diaz at times were, were around Anelli, he shut everyone down. It was a complete performance from a mechanelli. He, he killed it out there. Crushed yeah,
0: me. and what I liked most about this game is that everything was so identifiable as to what they were trying to do, both offensively and defensively. And yeah. surprisingly, offensively, we still crossed the ball a lot. That was kind of our frustration early in the year is when we just had these hopeless crosses to nowhere. And in rewatching this game today, it became pretty apparent to me that that's not entirely different from what we do now. It's rather that those crosses are mixed in with the wingers combining centrally so that there's actually a threat through the middle. that wasn't there before. And so it forces numbers to stay a little bit truer than was in the past you look at Diego Luna and Jefferson Savarino either of those guys can play either wing and they switch pretty consistently throughout the game they both switched wings twice in both the first half and the second half so they're comfortable playing on either side and what that means is that a Diego Luna can win the ball on the wing combine with the Oviedo if he likes or he can cut inside and then play a little bit closer with Ruiz and Arango who loves to drop deep so then when you get in these crosses, they're coming from better areas because there's less defensive pressure out there, because that's not the only thing that's happening. Now it's just an extra weapon in our arsenal and it works really effectively. You look at some of the biggest chances we had in the first half and they're coming off of these crosses. One in the sixth minute comes from Oviedo, who gets a really good low driven ball. And, and there's numbers there uh, to help try to put it away. And obviously it doesn't come off that early in the first half, but it, they were really, really good chances. And we get a lot of corners that we look dangerous on too. So I mean, maybe I I don't think it's as simple as we got rid of Justin Miram and no longer forced Michael Chang into the lineup. But those guys were My, pretty Michael one Chang dimensional. Is, he's injured. Well, I'm i I'm just saying, well, Justin yes, Miram's not true. on the roster. You know what I mean? Like I'm just saying not playing those guys, I think, isn't the only reason we look so different, but I do think it is probably one of the strongest tenets for why we have such a drastically more dynamic offense because these guys can do so much more than just crossing a good ball, which is kind of Justin Merrim's MO. So I think that has helped tremendously because without playing with a true number 10, your chance creation in the middle has to come from somewhere. And Ruiz sat a lot deeper. He gets an assist in this one, but you know, we all kind of thought that Ojeda would sit deeper and it would open up Ruiz. But in this game, it was the polar opposite where Ruiz sat deep and Ojeda was able to get forward. And he has that beautiful dummy to Anelli Like, it just looks so good and then defensively if you as a seattle sounder win the ball in rsl's attacking half or you win the ball in our attacking third and you, you're around your box if you do not get that ball wide and up the flanks within 4 to 5 seconds you're losing the ball because guys like ruiz and arango and luna are just hawks yeah hawks when it come to the counter press there's one where ruiz runs maybe 45 yards to put pressure on stephen fry Again, I tried to clip this one, but Apple TV, they got me. It can no longer screen record on my iPhone. Got to find out something else I can do. And it forces Fry into a horrible pass, and then we win possession. And then instead of being dangerous with it, we pass it back to our uh, defenders, and they chip it to nobody. But the opportunity yeah. was created high up the field because our pressure is just so intense and so fast all the time. It yeah, was a that, sensational that, game.
2: It happens multiple times, too. I, I love that you pointed that out because that is one of the biggest factors that when you watch this game – Everything's intentional. Like you said, it's nothing. Nothing is just, just because, or just because that's, that's the way it should be. It's like, you can tell that there's a plan and we're executing. Our players are pressing. We're dropping in the correct positions. This are, are we all in agreement that, o- that Ojeda is like him? Like I, I he, wanted to
1: have a conversation about that. He has improved quite a lot and he looks, I, I, I don't, I don't know if Nelson Palacio is going to get that second spot. I think it's Ojeda. You know, what's crazy is Ojeda's younger than Anelli. Wow. I, That's
2: wild. I never would have guessed that. Because that is that means he has that much more longevity, and what we've already seen out of him, what he's growing into is, is crazy. I mean, the, the pairing with him and Pablo, like you said, Alex, it allows for Pablo to stay deep and, and for Ojeda to drive further up, and I think vice versa. I think they're both these mm-hmm. box-to-box midfielders that have really kind of perfected these roles within each other, and they work so well together. They know what the other one's doing. They know where their position needs to be in accordance to, to each other. Um, as far as how we played in, in this game, I don't think you can ask for a better performance against a team like Seattle. They're only one point shy of us in the standings. And that's to beat them 3-0 this convincingly, that's pretty crazy. And to think just a few weeks ago, we also beat St. Louis 3-1, to three I believe, I think uh, so. at their home. So it's like
0: this team is not just good. This team's mm-hmm. really good. And as we look at these identifiable patterns of play, look at kickoffs. What would what would a normal average RSL kickoff look like three months ago? Back to it's, McMath. Back to McMath and he boots it as far as he boots it as far as he can. Now we actually possess the ball. We look like a team yep. that wants to play well, with the ball. I think one of the things with that is we we can
2: possess the ball. Our for a long time it felt like watching rsl watch them try to to build up a play or to possess it was losing passes it, it was, was making transition bad or bust. touches uh-huh exactly and 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 watching uh, watching us play now it's like we can possess the ball we can build up an attack we know how to build up an attack our players are making great runs we have good movement mm-hmm. it, it all fits together so cohesively that like in a game like this it's so much fun to watch and to point out that you can lose a player like Marcelo Silva and go down to ten men, and you're still still on the front that foot. competitive with being able to score, being able to still beat out a team like Seattle in that instance. And I know you in a competition to... where goal difference matters. Yeah, exactly. It, is it This is was it? a very complete performance overall. Losing, I, I know you talked about the red card uh, for for Marcelo Silva, Ethan. I think. <laughs> When I look at that, I think it's it's a play where I say if you're going to be consistent, call it every time. But I'm okay with it being a red card because it is a dangerous play. Does gets far he, does he,
1: he gets the ball. Hard first, to avoid it. To be fair,
2: he does. But I think it's the matter in which he gets it. Like okay. I can't get the ball away and punch some dude in the face and be like, "Well, I got mm-hmm. the ball away." You know, like I, I think, think it matters. I think, I, think,
0: what... I think we played just as well with ten men as we did. We with did. 11. Yeah. If anything, it felt like there was something in Holland's book that he talked about. It was like when a team goes down to ten men, they get way more competitive and everything gets sharper. Yep. And I wonder if it was just that or Seattle had just given up at that point, but I think it was both, probably both. Yeah. yeah. And again, Mark, this is just a point I want to make because I'm a Marcelo Silva stand. People are going to say he's a red card machine. He's had like two since yeah. 2019. He's He's not. been solid. He's not for whatever reason. He got that moniker and totally didn't deserve it. He's just a defender. They get yeah, red I, cards I think he's a little bit uh, of one of the playoffs last year. Way more consequential than his in this one. I think he's so. just a more aggressive player. I, we've
2: talked about this a little bit with Justin Glad being a little bit more composed and together. And Marcelo Silva's definitely he'll throw his foot into attack. He, he doesn't care. But you're right. He is usually smart about it. Not not getting red
0: cards. So, yeah, it is he really ever, nice. You ever seen Savarino quietly man of the fun. match? He has yeah. a game like this yep. a year ago, and he's the only one anybody's talking about because he's just a special player, and now he's surrounded by so many other special players. For me, Chicho is man of the match because that's a silent
1: assist for Jefferson Severino's first goal.
0: Yeah, I, no, that's I think
1: fair.
0: that goal that Arango
2: has, who who of any RSL players in the last four or five years can do that?
0: And it's not even that difficult. Like, you look it's at not. it, it's a
2: very slow step over. It's, it's a, <laughs> like one, all it's a one-on-one challenge, and then it's just a good finish yeah.
0: at the end of it. But it's like, that's what we've been missing. Exactly. Absolutely. It's the kind of run that Anderson Julio just puts his head down and runs straight into the defender. And this is not Anderson Julio slander on this podcast. I would never do such a thing. I love Anderson. But it's just that sort of composure. And then to roof it, top net, near post, like, man's just really, really good. And he has not, he hasn't put a foot wrong in his, what, three games now with the team. It's just unbelievable how big of a slam dunk signing he was. And He, He
1: picked right back up where he left off.
0: And yeah, I, and he came in and he's been practicing with his team for four or five weeks. Now imagine if he came in at the beginning of August, like our signings did last year. Like it's, this is why we complained about that for so long, because this is the sort of impact a player coming early in the transfer window can have. This is what we were looking for. And they yeah. absolutely nailed it with a
2: Absolutely
0: with, nailed it. With all this being said as, as, well, we, someone
2: like Diego Luna may have been a little bit quieter this game. I think he still created some he's good still, chances, he still played great. He always does, but, Without a goal or an assist for us to still be able to win 3-0, it's that depth that Alex was mm-hmm. talking about. It's it's someone who is in such good form can have a quiet game and we can still beat a team that we're only a point above in the standings three to zero. Exactly, the, role uh, players
0: can be role players; they don't have yep. to be superstars.
1: So, talking yeah. about that depth, um, when the red card happened, obviously you need to make a you need to bring in bring on another defender. As you only they only had three at that point, so Justin Glad came in for Chicho Arango, um, but to bring guys like Bodhi Hidalgo, who, Bodhi Hidalgo played really well coming off the bench in this game like defensively and offensively he had a one-on-one with a guy absolutely cooked him gets the ball back and gets fouled like Hidalgo played really well in this game and it was an advanced position I think that may be where he plays a little bit better but regardless he's a good Swiss Army knife to have Leffelson comes off the bench Anderson Julio does Rubio Rubin who gets a goal like these are the guys coming off the bench guess who are the guys that didn't come off the bench Demir Krylock Andres Gomez Nelson wow. Palacio Burt <laughs> Jackson Gavin the goat Man. beavers I'm not going to name Tom- Tomas Gomez and Scott Caldwell because I mean I love them as individuals but just sorry like and those no. those are all but, players who've started what
2: one or at least one or two Nelson Palacio yes. maybe not because he hasn't been here as long but at least a couple of games this year it's like and any of them qualifier. might be comfortable
0: with starting yep. in this yes. lineup i Yep. It just feels so good right now because everything mm-hmm. has a purpose. One of the more frustrating things that I remember from the Jeff Kassar era was when he had Javier Morales, Burrito, and Joao Plata. And he didn't really do anything to coach them offensively. He just kind of let them run. And Ben Olson once commented to Kassar and said as a compliment that your offense just feels natural. And for as fun as that is, you know, I watched a Fluminense game today because I really am interested (laughs) in this relationist versus positionality conversation in soccer. Uh, You know, that kind of free flowing, almost bunch ball compared to like this massive spacing out and everybody has a role to play more like chess than a game of soccer. And I find it a little offensive that he wasted Javier Morales, Burrito Martinez and Joao Plata on just telling them to go play offense and do their best. Whereas this group of players feels just as if not more talented on the ball. You look at Diego Luna, Sabarino, Christian Arango, Pablo Ruiz. Those are talented ball carrying midfielders and strikers, but it doesn't feel like they're just being told to go do their best and try hard. It feels like they actually have an identity of Chicho loves to drop deep. this is not something I was familiar with his game from LAFC, but he is dropping darn near the center circle to pick up balls at certain times when we're carrying them up the wings. And I love it because you see his dribble on that first goal where he takes on two, three guys makes a pass off and then continues to drive into the box. And that doesn't feel like something that just came out of thin air. That feels like something we've worked on. And it's just so fun to watch these patterns emerge.
1: Brian Schmetzer post game talked. He came into the post game. He looked completely defeated. And he said, first of all, first of all, I want to apologize. said, I want to apologize to all the traveling fans that came from Seattle. We just weren't good enough today. I didn't do a good enough job as a coach. And then he just built gave... Premier River. Yeah, yeah, yeah used he... to it. And and he gave tons of praise to RSL and just said they outplayed us. Pablo out coached me, like just everything. And then he later said, <laughs> this team brought Chicho in to score goals, and he did that, like just, just completely. That oh, good, just... man. And it, it does feel good, especially with my run in with him um, last time we played Seattle. It felt uh, excellent to see him so defeated in the post. Didn't but you? You were at the post game for that game for yes. uh, this recent game, right,
2: Ethan? I think you posted that video of Pablo talking about. Uh, about how he he really likes to focus on the defending. Uh, yeah. Start everything with with the defense, and yep. and then the offense will come. Exactly. Alex, you kind of mm-hmm. talked about you know not wanting to just say hey go go be good go do your best. And I don't think he's doing that, but I think he does allow them the freedom to play the way that they
0: want. Totally, to, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I don't think yeah. these guys feel constrained by quote the system, which is you know kind of a problem with positionality versus, you know, relation to soccer where you're allowed to kind of be a little bit more free flowing. I think there's a happy medium. And I think if the team continues to lean in to allowing these guys to think on their feet a little bit, I don't think that's a bad thing, but to have those sort of repeatable patterns of play to fall back on, where we look at these, they call them, he calls them ladders. There's one guy that wrote a really good article about this ladders where you've got like a vertical position, and a guy dummies it off, and that's exactly what happens on Anelli's opportunity. That sort of repeatable pattern, which is something we see from Diego Luna a lot with Oviedo as well, with one advancing, one staying back, and then trying to combine with either a high striker and Musowski, Or if Jefferson Saverino comes to create an overload, which is something that happened once in the first half, it just creates a ton of opportunities, and I really mm-hmm. trust these guys in space. And so I'm really mm-hmm. happy to see them given that sort of freedom in attack with uh, still something to fall back on and it's not just crossing the ball into a double marked striker.
1: Yeah. I just, I just want to mention some of the guys that haven't gotten mentioned yet from this game, Brian Oviedo in the, in the past looked a little shaky today or in this game. At least he looked great. Gets the shutout. Zach McMath also getting a shutout. Not that it really mattered because Seattle had one shot on goal the whole game, only with <laughs> seven total shots. Danny Musowski, It's great to see him up there with Chicho Orongo getting chemistry. And I hope that that, that relationship can flourish and he can continue to be great. And Brian Vera, Look fantastic as well. Um, for me, the last thing I want to mention, Marcelo Silva comes out of the game normally in a situation where you're up and down a man. In the past, Pablo has brought on defenders, and we have lost the lead and then sometimes even lost the game because we've got a bunch of defenders and no attackers and no way to come back and win. In this game, we go down a man, and he brings on Justin Glad as a defender, but he also brings in Rubio Rubini, Anderson Julio, a move that I do not think we that he would have made in the past that we – didn't really see that he would have made in the past makes it in this game and it makes all the difference keeping the pe- the foot on the gas pedal and winning this game for me that yeah lastly i just wanted to highlight with with chicho when
2: marcelo silva goes down on that or sorry it was uh it was uh the yamar foul uh yep. we got fouled at the top of the box mm-hmm. chicho rushes back to to fight for his teammates and that's awesome that's to sick. see for a player who's only been here for what a month month and a half So I think that shows the chemistry of this team and, and even more so that the relationships are not just surface level. Like these guys are willing to fight for each other.
1: Never been better to be an RSL fan. Um, Hope you all enjoyed that game. We enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to watch. Let's go ahead and preview. Now the second game of the league's cup tournament for RSL. This game is going to be again, a home game midweek game Wednesday, July 26th at 7 p.m. Um, Monterey will be returning to the Riot Now America first field for the first time since the 2011 CONCACAF Champions League final. And it's worth noting that Monterey is ranked number one in overall overall CONCACAF standing. So they are ranked the best team in all of CONCACAF. Should be a very good, interesting game. Monterey, a very good team. And so it's going to be hard to predict this game. I want to say RSL is going to win, though, because they've been on fire lately. And so I will say they win, but then I'm going to predict something different because In the games that really matter, and I predict differently, RSL does the opposite. So I'm going to say the RSL loses. Wink, wink. They lose this game two to one. Wink, wink. Oh, the old reverse jinx. I think RSL actually loses
2: this game, probably two to zero. Wow, Cody. Good calls. Good calls. I'm going to say we lose, but I'm going to say it's two to two. Well, no, I'm going to say we lose, lose, but it's three to two. two. two.
0: Three to two. Um, If you follow Hayden Nielsen on Twitter, you know all we need to do is not get blown out on goal (laughs) differential, and we advance to the knockout rounds. Just don't lose by three. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, i'm gonna say we lose three to two uh
2: we put up a good fight but we don't make it love it i can't bet against this rsl team right now they
1: just look so darn good am i one to watch in this game oh boy there's a lot of places i could have gone but i'm just gonna go with my boy because he looks so good last game it's Mecca and ellie yep. um emeka go ahead and shut like everybody it. down same thing you did with seattle and we will have a win on our
0: hands Brian Ojeda, it's about that time where we got to trigger that transfer release if we want it, that love it. loan purchase option. So keep an eye on him. I love that. And we should
2: sign him because he's he's been great. Uh, my one to watch is going to be Diego Luna coming off kind of a quiet game with still quite a bit of chances created. I, I hope it all comes together
1: to amount to an assist or a goal or hopefully both. Final stat of the episode, while I have it here, uh, RSL had 19 total shots in the game against Seattle with eight Ooh, on target. Is that good? Early dominated. That's and excellent. Seattle had what? Like Seattle one had on seven shots, one on target. Yeah. So That's a domination. Easy shutout I mean, that's, for, uh, that's amazing. out from the defenders. Um, anything else before we finish up and wrap up the episode today, boys?
0: It's no. the, the best man. time to be an RSL
1: fan in a decade. Ever. It is. And we love it. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. I don't know. Some of the younger almost. fans. It's been maybe almost ever. 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 For sure. Um, thank you all once again for listening to the episode. Hope you have thoroughly enjoyed the content that we have put out for you all and uh, and the games for RSL, the most important part, watching the team perform well. It's uh, it's happy days for, uh, for RSL players and fans alike. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter, and you can find all of our episodes at www.RSLSeasonPass.com. Once again, thank you, everybody, who has left a rating or a review, and be sure to submit a pod trivia question While you are there, you can find Alex at Alex Mauer on Twitter. You can find me at Ethan 9 on Twitter. And you can find Cody at the Kodiak one on Twitter. Once again, thank you all very much for listening. We hope you have a fantastic week, and we'll talk to you all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another
0: episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcasts. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode, Same Time, Same Place.